0: Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. There are thousands of amazing self-help books out there, but what happens when you're struggling at the moment and need help now? Well, my new book, Life Lessons, You Are the Expert on Your Life, a workbook is your new go-to self-help book. I wrote it specifically for when you don't know how to overcome a challenge. Each chapter gives you a framework on how to tackle your situation. I help you focus on what already works for you. Your situation today may be different, but the emotions you're currently feeling, you felt them before, and you did something that helped you. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. This book is specifically written to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Purchase your book, Life Lessons, You Are the Expert on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. Once again, purchase Life Lessons, You Are the expert on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. Have you ever worked for a bad boss and wondered why nobody did anything about it? Well, today's guest is Dr. Laura Croshaw, also known as the boss whisperer, who has the answers in an approach to solving the problem of workplace bullying. In today's episode, we talk about her new book, Grow Your Spine and Manage Abrasive Leadership Behavior, a guide for those who manage bosses who bully. This book shows managers how to fearlessly manage bosses who behave badly, ensuring a psychologically safe workplace. Welcome to Lifeology.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much, James.
0: This is exciting. We were talking in the pre-call and you and I both worked in very comparable places in Oregon. And so it's pretty interesting. Like I used to refer to your company and yours used to refer to mine. So it's kind of interesting how the world kind of works like that. Right. Right. <laughs> well, I was reading your backstory. You have done a lot of things. And so you started working for an employee assistance program in Alaska. Well, first off, how did you get to Alaska from, from Oregon or wherever?
1: Well, uh, once I uh, graduated, I uh, spent two years working in the Harborview Emergency Room in Seattle. Oh. And then uh, the call of the wild called to me. So I went and bought a ticket for the ferry to Alaska and moved up there. And that's wow. where it all started. Yeah.
0: That's where it all started. I know a lot of people listening to the interview I just said uh, can really relate to this because we've all had one of those bosses, either we have them currently or we have them in the past, who are not the healthiest, who do not ensure work safety health as far as just the workplace environment safety what happened for you But you realize there's something here that you wanted to talk more about
1: well, what happened i was working in that employee assistance program which is a confidential mm-hmm. counseling program designed mm-hmm. for employees as a psychotherapist and i expected people to come in and talk about their suffering at home bad marriages you know sure. family issues whatever and to my shock and surprise uh I had people coming in talking about their suffering at work. And there was one particular case where an employee of an oil company who worked out on the rigs came in, said he was really mad at his boss. He described how the boss uh, humiliated him. And uh, Mm. essentially, we can use the term bullying, you know, um, Mm. uh, treated him very badly. And he said, I'm really angry. And I said, well, how angry are you? And he said, I'm thinking of killing him. And I said, have you thought of how you do that? Because as you know, as therapists, you're supposed to ask if they have a plan. He said, yeah, Mm -hmm. my gun's out in the truck. And that was my first encounter with workplace bullying. Mm -hmm. And that gave rise to two questions. One is, why would a boss treat their employees that way? And the second question is, because he had gone to HR and reported this, why don't companies do anything about it? And those two questions have driven my professional journey over the last 35 plus years.
0: Yeah. And and I believe that happened a couple more times as well with someone who was that. Oh, yeah. No, we amassed
1: a collection of guns. I mean, Alaska (laughs) is a bit of a frontier, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah. And and what that taught me was how terribly people suffer at work when they have what Mm -hmm. I call an abrasive leader. This is a boss who engages in bullying behaviors. So. That's that terrible suffering. And my mission has been to uh, relieve that suffering. Um, And, uh, you know, I learned a lot about why they do what they do and what we can do about it.
0: Sure. Now, when we talk about bosses, I want to make sure we're, we're on the same page. So bosses, is sure. that at any level of a company or any in anything?
1: Yes. In any, any level of a company. Absolutely. And uh, when I use the term managers, usually I'm referring to those above that okay. individual. So you'll hear me. Okay. I guess I'd like to use the term, you know, abrasive leader for the abrasive mm-hmm. individual and then manager for the person who manages okay. them.
0: Okay. I appreciate you qualifying yeah. that for us. Yeah. Now, the with that, I mean, because I, I know well, before we get to about why they do that, what about like, sure. for example, if I'm a boss and maybe you can you know, test it, or we'll talk about it later. But if I'm a boss, how do I know if I'm an abrasive manager not?
1: Well, most often you don't because people don't walk up to you and say, James, you're really <laughs> bullying me. <laughs> or you're behaving badly. I mean, and why not? Because they're afraid of the repercussions. Yeah, and oftentimes you don't hear it from above because those above uh, may not hear from your coworkers or subordinates mm. because they too uh, are intimidated or don't see it as their role to inform your manager. So, oh, uh, you know, you may hear every once in a while that you're, you know, that, I don't know, you're, rub people the wrong way. Or people may mm-hmm. say, can't you be a little easier on people? But what I found is most abrasive leaders aren't aware that they're perceived and experienced that way because mm-hmm. nobody tells them.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting though. I didn't even think about this. So that the place where I worked in Oregon to me back there. Yeah. I, that was yeah. the first time I was a, a clinical manager of a company. And um, uh-huh. I didn't realize that I was a little abrasive. And so the reason how, how I found this out was uh, one of the the, mm-hmm. the program leaders were, were talking and then they, like I guess they told my boss. And so in that, I found out that I was not engaging. I didn't ask him how they were doing. I just went like, this is what we're doing, et cetera. And I had no connection there. So I, I didn't know that, but for them, that was very abrasive. Right. And so there was more that went along with that. But when I found that out, I was surprised because I was thinking, well, that's my, that's my workplace, workplace persona. I'm right. still James, but I'm just focused on my work but I right. didn't realize that I overcorrected and right. in that overcorrection it was more militant like you must do this and so from there I was like I don't know maybe 22 23 at the time I learned that that's not okay <laughs> and so from then on I've learned to emotionally join with my staff or right. whomever I'm working with to have that awareness so it was a lesson that I even had to learn and thank god it wasn't props to the to the level that you're right. talking about but it is something I think we all have if we take that moment of reflection and be like oh, I may not have presented myself right the
1: best way. well James, you bring up a great point, which is number one, we can all be abrasive. We all have moments in mm-hmm. our lives where we rub people the wrong way. <laughs> and number one. Uh, and secondly, that you really weren't aware of it until somebody brought it to your attention. Yes. And when you looked at yourself, you saw I'm not trying to to you know, be mean or, uh, you know, uh, cold with people or whatever. I'm just trying to get the job done. And you, you know, we could say you're recovering abrasive leader because you saw the light. (laughs) Well, this is what I discovered. I've been coaching abrasive leaders, you know, over 35 years and the common belief is that they're all, you know, uh, psychopaths or narcissists and mentally disordered or evil, and they intend to do harm. And to my shock, what I discovered was, I'd interview their coworkers, take the data, purge it of identifying Mm -hmm. information and bring it back to them. And what I discovered was... They'd go into shock. They had no idea that they really? were perceived this way. I had one one construction executive who clutched at his heart and said, "This is the worst day of my professional life. Oh. <laughs> I don't want people to think that I, I'm trying to hurt them. I'm just yeah. trying to get the job done." And so my major discovery was that abrasive leaders uh, they have a pretty profound fear of being uh, perceived to be incompetent. And mm-hmm. when yeah. when they when there's a possibility because people aren't doing things. The way they want, or they're not achieving objectives, uh, they get very anxious and they kind of get aggressive. They start barking or biting, if I can use that terminology. And so what I discovered is if you make them aware of how they're perceived and you help them understand how to achieve their objectives without barking and biting. Mm-hmm. It's thrilling to see them turn around. And so yeah. that that was sort of the first piece of my work, but the second piece was, you know, about their managers because when I would when companies would call me, you know, I was coaching these individuals and I'd say, "Well, what have you done about you know, have you have you talked to the individual?" No. <laughs> <laughs> about the of and why not well or or they'd say yes we have but but you know she denies it or she argues with us or she got defensive or mm. no we haven't talked because what i discovered the common myth is that employers don't intervene and manage conduct as well as performance
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Uh, because not because they're evil employers but they're afraid they don't know mm. how to talk to a person it, it, and particularly when the person becomes very defensive. And so that's that's sort of the second question of why don't employers intervene? Uh, Because they don't know how and they're afraid and, you know, she'll quit or we will lose his technical expertise or, you know, he'll he'll retaliate against me. There are all these Mm -hmm. anxieties. And uh, so. You
0: know, I have refer to that as an emotional blackmailer, an emotional terrorist, if you will. So if, if I'm if I'm this horrible boss or not horrible boss, I'm this abrasive boss. Yeah. And if I, if I know that I have a powerful personality mm-hmm. and someone says something to me, the more po- powerful, I, people can't see me, my hands are in quotation, more powerful I am for my presentation, therefore I'm going to get my way because that's what I'm used to. And right. so with that, that's holding the other person emotionally hostage because I know I can overpower them. So sometimes people do that knowingly and other people do it, it, of course, not realizing
1: that. Both ways. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. We'll be right back. Are you an emerging persona or a global organization that isn't getting recognition from the press? Have your marketing and advertisement efforts hit a plateau? Let us help you take your brand to the next level. Red Heifer Media is a full service boutique public relations agency specializing in health and wellness tech, real estate and nonprofit organizations. We can turn your successful company into a reputable brand. Take your first step and visit www.redheffermedia.com. Once again, visit www.redheffermedia.com to take your brand to the next level. Welcome back. I am James Miller, a licensed psychotherapist, and you're currently listening to Lifeology Radio. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Laura Crosshaw, and we're speaking about her book, Grow Your Spine and Manage Abrasive Leadership Behavior, a guide for those who manage bosses who bully. This book shows managers how to fearlessly manage bosses who behave badly, ensuring a psychologically safe workplace. For more information about Dr. Laura Crosshaw, please visit bosswhispering.com. You may also purchase this book on Amazon. So as I'm listening to you now, I'm curious, how does a manager, how do they recognize that their subordinate is an abrasive leader? So how do they get that information from the people below?
1: That's a great question, James. They get it two ways, either by observing it directly. But more often, they don't observe it directly because the person may not behave that way Mm -hmm. with with the superior. uh, But instead, they hear complaints or negative perceptions. So if you manage an abrasive leader, people will start coming to you and saying, you know, he did this, or I don't want to work with her, etc. So it's the indirect and direct perceptions. That's how you learn about it. And what I discovered is so many managers uh, ignore and write off those indirect complaints or I'll call them negative perceptions. Mm-hmm. They, they write it off as, oh, well, it's hearsay. I can't do anything because Uh. I didn't observe the behaviors. I didn't see it. It's just hearsay. And my message to them is you should hear hearsay. Mm. You have a right to uh, act on those complaints and and to let the individual know uh, that there are negative perceptions about their management style and to hold them accountable for turning around their management style so those negative perceptions go away. So often what managers feel they have to do is they have to accuse and convict, you know, the person of management oh, crimes? Yeah. Oh, not yeah. at all. Uh, it's the same way you manage performance. You manage it, and you say, "Look, from my perspective and what I'm hearing, your performance is not up to par. We want you here for the long haul. I need to have you turn around your technical performance, and you might offer help to do that." And it's the same approach with managing conduct. Um, you know, we want you here. Uh, you have such value to us. I don't want you to be perceived so negatively mm-hmm. and we need to have people feeling that they're treated with respect and so you know i i need to have you turn this around and it's a very compassionate thing to do sure. and the the surprise is i think most managers think if i do intervene and that's what i'm calling it which is talking to the person and um you know bringing their attention to the problem and then setting limits and consequences if you can't turn this around i'll you know whatever it is be forced to take you out of a management position or whatever um it's the compassionate thing to do because Mm. if you're if you're going around alienating everybody um it's not it's not good for you it's not good for the organization i Mm -hmm. think the other thing i'd like to talk about on this oftentimes i see managers thinking well i'm not sure if this fits the legal definition of bullying and you know what You don't have to worry about that because you're not rushing again into court to convict this person sure. uh, of management crimes. Instead, uh, you know, I my recommendation, uh, the criteria should be, well, look, you know, if if a family member or friend worked in your organization, would you want them to be treated this way? You know, if you, James, are the abrasive leader, would you want your your loved one to be treated the way James Mm -hmm. would treat him? Or is the conduct disrupting organizational functioning? You know, is it in your organization's best interest to ignore this conduct? And and if you can answer those questions and say, gee, um, you know, I don't want the person to be treated this way and it's not good Mm -hmm. for us, then you can sit down and talk with them and intervene. So.
0: Is do most, do most organizations, I'm trying to just think about the ones I worked with, sure. when they do a performance review for leaders, for managers or you know, leaders, do they often have a conduct review? I know they have a performance review, but do they often have a conduct review as well?
1: Well, interestingly, uh, a few do, but not many. Okay. And what I discovered was that managers don't perceive it as their duty to manage not oh. only performance. But also conduct, it's there's sort of an assumption that, oh, we're all adults and I just have to manage, you know, how the person, the technical aspects of how they do their job. But if a person's behaving badly, no, it's your duty to protect the organization and the employees who work to fulfill the mission of your organization and and. You know, when I make them aware of it, they kind of go, "Yeah, I guess you're right." <laughs> what are, so, what, yeah, yeah what we... I think it's I think it's coming. I think more and more yeah. employees are being evaluated on how they, uh, you know, their interpersonal conduct with either co-workers or clients or you know whatever. Uh, but it's it's not a sort of a automatic reflex in the management world.
0: Well, you think that it would be in the sense of, I mean, I say this in a vacuum because I'm not in this position, but you would think that it would be in the sense of if, if the workplace is not healthy, then it's going to impact the productivity and the efficacy of whatever the work is and the Absolutely. production of it, rather. And so with that, you would think that it would be more, they'd be more cognizant of that. Perhaps they don't even know, like you said, I don't know that they should do that, but to be mindful of that, because at any time there's a, a bottleneck when it comes to in, in the, in the chain of command, and that's essentially done by someone who who is either um, a tyrant, if you will, or okay. it's just this abrasive person. And so if that's going to affect the overall bottom dollar when it comes to the aspect of the company, so I
1: would think that it would be more discussed. Well, there's demonstrable, I mean, there's research now that prove it proves when you've Mm. got, you know, a a abrasive leaders, you notice I don't call them bullies because I think that that implies they intend to do this. And what Mm, I discovered is most don't. But whether or not they intend to do it, it's still incumbent on the employer to manage that, uh, uh, to manage that and to intervene. But, you know, yes, I think the dollars and cents argument can be made. But so many managers, I think, hold the belief, well, a lot, a lot a lot of them are afraid and they they defend against intervening by saying oh you know she's just got a lot of difficult employees you know or well he'll retire you know in 2 years or so the one i like even more is i'm going to retire in 2 years <laughs> <laughs> And so, you know, (laughs) this, and and they kind of flee the task of managing the conduct because it is very anxiety provoking. And so I wrote the book, uh, Grow Your Spine and Manage Abrasive Leadership Behavior, to show them how to do it calmly, confidently Mm -hmm. and effectively. Because one thing is, if you sit down and talk to one of your uh, employees and, and talk to them about, gee, you know, they're their negative perceptions about how you interact, people perceive you to be disrespectful or abrasive, that person's going to get very defensive and that's natural and normal. We all, you know, when mm-hmm. we, when we can all get defensive. So how do you Certainly. handle those defensive statements and help them see the need to change?
0: Yeah. And that's what I wanted to ask you. So let's say yeah. I, I am a manager and I'm, or let's say you're my manager and you tell me right. I'm abrasive. Mm -hmm. So from there, you tell me this, I'm like, ah, that's not true, et cetera. I'm overwhelmed. I use my loud uh, personality as a manager. How would you counteract that? Or how would you balance
1: that out? Right. So, uh, yes, I'm overwhelmed uh, or, you know, well, I I do get kind of passionate or worked up (laughs) and um, there's I I've heard. I, I think I counted up 26 defensive responses that I put in oh. my book oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a response for each one from from the kind of milder ones of uh, I'm I'm not abrasive you don't know uh-huh. the facts you don't know what uh-huh. I'm dealing with and the response to that is you're right I don't know what happened I wasn't there when it happened mm-hmm. but I do know one thing for a fact and that is you're perceived to be abrasive there are negative perceptions and we can't have have that here. You need mm-hmm. to turn it around. Um, to the more, um, you know, dramatic ones of, you know, you're you're uh, you're sexist, or you just want to mm. get me fired. That's why you're bringing. Oh, that's wow. why you're talking Goodness. to me this way. And the response to that is, uh, first of all, uh, I would talk to any manager that I have concerns about, uh, mm. you know, about my concerns about their conduct. And secondly, if I wanted to get rid of you, I could but I don't want to get rid of you. I want you to turn this around and I want to offer you help to do Mm -hmm. that. Now it's your choice. uh, You know, if you, if you want to take on Mm -hmm. this project of changing how you're perceived, but uh, I want you here. So, Mm -hmm. so, you know, over the years I've, I've, I've cooked up all the best responses. <laughs> Why not just put You're them like, in it the book and make book life first. easier <laughs> for managers? Right?
0: Yeah, that's my, yeah. They can just literally say, "Just a minute, let me
1: pull this book up." Okay. Yeah, my just exactly. Let saying. me turn to this page. And... <laughs> but okay. I've been I've been helping managers do this for years, and Sounds like and it. you know, so this is, these are all time tested strategies, mm-hmm. and they're. You know, it really helps them do the very difficult work of intervening. Yeah. And and yeah. when I titled the book Grow Your Spine, I do it with empathy because I'm talking about the need to develop that management backbone. And nobody really trains you how to how mm-hmm. to manage abrasive behavior. You know, most managers don't have degrees in psychology or whatever. Um, so I thought I could help them.
0: Yeah, of course. Well, for those uh, for those of you who are asking what this book is, once again, it's Grow Your Spine and Manage Abrasive Leadership Behavior, a Guide for Those Who Manage Bosses Who Bully by Dr. Laura Croshaw. So I'm curious, though, let's talk about the format. We have about three and a half more minutes. Let's, let's just talk about the specific format of this book. Is it written from front to back and people, is that how they're supposed to read it? Or can they just jump
1: in wherever they need to in that moment? Um, I think they'll, it's a very short book it's like oh, i think okay. around 90 pages and very small you oh, a large print because <laughs> managers don't like to read long books all right and That's and right. i don't blame them they have a lot of other things to do but it really it really kind of does you know i i would say read it from beginning to end it's a quick read uh but mm-hmm. it's it starts with well you know you should do something and kind of but but you haven't yet. And <laughs> how do you, how do you know what to do? And then it gets right into, you know, how to, how to sit down and talk with the person. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's very user friendly. Let me put it that way. Yeah.
0: And your websites, boss, bosswhispering.com, right. Do you allow people to, to consult with you as well?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I founded the Boss Spring Institute, where we train uh, an elite cadre of executive coaches who are trained in the specialized practice of coaching abrasive leaders, which I developed uh, over the years. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I I. I have all, there are people all over the world who are trained in the practice of boss whispering and uh, also uh, available to help managers grow their spines uh, Mm -hmm. and, and talk about intervention. So certainly by going to the website and requesting assistance, we can get that going. Yeah.
0: Mm, excellent. I yeah. have one more question. Can you give us a uh, an anecdote or a, a, something that's happened for right? um, a boss who's come to you, or excuse me, a manager who's come to you, and, and right. on the other side, like, thank you so much. Can you give us a quick example of wh- what happened for them and how they overcame it? Um.
1: So, I, I think as I, I think about it, about with that
0: question. no, no,
1: no. As I think about it, I think the response I've gotten once I talk with them about how to intervene, you know, is the first response is, gee, you really, you really know what this abrasive behavior is about. It's like you worked in our company and you know that this person, how they behave and, and whatever. But I think the response is, It it was a hard thing to do to sit down with the person, but I'm so grateful that I knew how to do it without making accusations, without Mm. trying to label them, understanding that it's my role to bring the concerns to their attention, and then it's up to them to decide what they want to do about it. And if they choose to remain in denial and I don't need to change, then that helped me decide this person isn't going to carry on this way for the next seven years. He's been here for seven years, but this cannot continue. So it it showed me that it, that it wasn't going to happen. But what's so thrilling is all, all the abrasive leaders who do turn around and then their managers say, it's shocking, you know, it's shocking to see how much insight this person has and that they really can change. And, and they're, and I, I, Credit those managers with so much courage for giving the abrasive leader an opportunity yeah. to turn things around. So,
0: yeah, that's amazing on the other side to see the growth, and then it's, yes, like you can, yes, sure the culture changes significantly.
1: Yes, absolutely. Of course, because just, it, the work, the bullying, it, it not only impacts coworkers, but it impacts the families of coworkers. You know, yeah. if you have somebody who's working at a place where they hate their job because of how their boss is treating them, that takes a great toll. It
0: certainly does. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, our time is up. Dr. Laura Kroshoff, my viewers and listeners want to find out more information about you. Purchase this book, Grow Your Spine and Manage Abrasive Leadership Behavior, a guide for those who manage bosses who bully. Where will they find all this information online?
1: They can go uh, on Amazon and purchase the book there. And also, uh, you know, they're invited to visit uh, www.bosswhispering, all one word, bosswhispering.com. So that's that's where they can find me.
0: Wonderful. My viewers and listeners also know that if I can't find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com and I'll link you with Dr. Laura Croshaw and all her information. Thank you so much for being a wonderful guest on my show today.
1: Thank you, James. I really appreciate your interest.
0: I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap